Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. This evening is a wonderful time. We're going to dine in God's Word. Last two Wednesdays, or is it, is it last Wednesday? We started to talk about um, spiritual maturity. How that uh, we we um, express the life of Christ um, when we grow, because the the more you the more you grow spiritually, the more you express His life. That's what we talked about um, last Wednesday, and I'm going to continue on that note. Amen. Amen. Um, we were talking about how that maturity is very key for us right now and I gave different analogies of how little children cannot do the things that mature people do you know not by virtue of um, they might want to but they can't they can't because they are not matured so um, maturity is key for capacity and for ability for you to actually do what your spirit wants you to do so maturity is important and it's important that every believer must grow amen it's not just good enough that you are born again and uh, you know a few scriptures but if your life is not changing for the better then you're not growing you know you should be able to measure to some degree level of progress in how your life has been for some time now you know you should be able to say that I'm a better person now and you'll be able to attribute that from the scripture or the recommended way that the Bible teaches that we ought to grow Amen, Amen. meaning that if you lied before you ought to stop lying now <laughs> by virtue of hearing the word if you were you know angry all the time before it means that by now you know something must have changed it means that if you were bitter, if you were hateful, if you were angry, if you were um, resentful, it means something ought to have changed by now. Is that correct? So over the period of time, something has to give, something has to um, change about your life. And it's important that we don't just focus on playing church or giving titles in church or what again? Or how long you've been in church It's not about how long you've been in church You can be long in church for a long time You know, you're accustomed to what we do How we do what we do But it doesn't guarantee growth It doesn't guarantee that you're matured You can even be the senior pastor and be a baby Amen You can even be a pastor and still be a baby You might be gifted to sing Or like audacity You might be um, a very committed usher in church But doesn't confer on you maturity Praise the Lord And it's not by how serious you look (laughs) Maturity is not by how much you don't smile You know how some people can be pious And you know serious looking It doesn't mean you're matured you're just a very serious child. That's all. You get what I'm saying? So, so there is, it's, it, it has nothing to do with how you look. It has nothing to do with the fact that you don't shake people all the time. It's not, that's, it doesn't mean that you're mature. 
It doesn't. It, it has nothing to do with the, the fact that you. Anyway, let's get into the word. Amen. So the Bible says in Ephesians chapter two. Are you ready for the word first of all? Because I want to take you on a journey tonight, and I hope I finish. Okay. I want to take you on a journey, and I want you to follow me. You will see the reason why you are here. You will see the reason why you are in this church. Are you ready to go with me on that journey? Do you have your Bible, your your notepads, your pen? Alright, pull it out. Get it out. Get it out. If you don't have it, get it out. So, let's get ready. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Let's read it together. This Bible study now. Okay. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For we are His workmanship, together, Okay, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in praise the Lord so we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what kind of work for good works you see but I'm going to show you now that good works are not things you just decide to do you do them because you are actually matured so you, you don't just wake up to good works a lot of people desire to do good works but can't do good works because they are babies. So if you're a baby, if you're a child, you will find it difficult doing good works. You know, so that's why Paul says the things that I want to do, I don't find myself doing them. The things that I don't want to do, that's what I do. So, so good works is not in the willpower. It's not there. It's not, that's not where the power for good works you know, is the power for good works is in your maturity as a believer and it's important because I want to have a people come together people who value um, the place of um, the fruits of righteousness you know, I want people to sense a good aroma around you say amen somebody do you know what I mean? you know, there are certain people who profess to be believers but you can't stay around them for too long because even though they are believers there is something around them that just it's not, it's not God anyways it's, it's probably demons sitting on their shoulders you know but there's something off about them but, but I, want to, I want to be sure that we're well taught and we know how to exude the fragrances the aroma of Christ Amen so that you are complete all round in all ways in all ramifications you are complete so good works are not things that you force yourself into you don't force into good work so how did we start to talk about spiritual maturity we, we started by um, how the prayers the right kinds of prayers um, mature us as believers you remember we said that on Wednesday do you remember all right, um, the kind of prayers that make you mature are not those types of prayers that 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 you say, Father, fall them, kill them, some assault them, let them tumble and die. You know, no, 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 not those kind of prayers. You know, we we taught you the Pauline prayers. You know, just like the disciples asked Jesus how to pray. You know, Paul teaches us in the epistles how to pray. You see Ephesians 1, you see Colossians 1, you see Philippians 1, you see Ephesians 3. Those are the prayers, those are pattern prayers recommended for how the believer ought to pray right now. And it's those kinds of prayers that ensure our maturity. Are you still here? 
Alright, of course in Ephesians 1 we see where Paul prays that we're blessed with all spiritual blessings and how that our eyes be opened that we may know what the hope of his calling is and all that, you know. So go over the message and you will see the things that I'm talking about. And how Paul also prays, you know, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Oh, I love that scripture so much. Uh, Ephesians 3 verse 19, I guess, where it says, To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be what filled with all the fullness of God. He says this is how the, the, the knowledge of God's love for you, alright, when he floods your heart by prayers, when he floods your heart, you, you get filled with all the fullness of God. How do you what does it mean to be filled with the fullness of God? It means to express the life. That's what he's saying. To be filled with all the fullness of God. That's an expression there. But but it begins with praying to know. Alright? It begins with praying to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, because it's not something you stumble into by your senses or by your mental capacity, but you pray to know his love. And when you do that, the love of God is shed abroad in your heart and then you begin to exude his life. You begin to exude the character of God. Somebody say Amen. amen. So what does first uh, John chapter five verse eleven say? It says this is the record that we have what? Eternal life, right? Since this is the record, for we have what? Eternal life. And what this life is in His Son. So say after me, I have eternal life. life. Make it louder. Say, I have eternal life. life. Alright, and this life is in His what? His Son. So he who has the Son has what? Has eternal life. Alright, but would you agree with me that not everybody is expressing eternal life the same way? Why is that? Maturity. Spiritual maturity. Alright? So, so you, 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 you grow so that you can express the fullness of this life. So that's what spiritual maturity is all about. So when we teach believers to grow, we're teaching you to become more God-like. To, to show that you really have been transformed on the inside. And you actually are in the God class. That's, that's what it is. Do you understand it? Yeah. Alright, so... Let me start by That was just introduction <laughs> Look at this Ephesians Okay we've done Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 First Peter chapter 2 verse 1 Let's start from here Alright it says Therefore laying aside all malice Let's read it together Want to go Therefore That's not everybody Let's do it together Want to go Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. Hold on. Let's stay just on verse 1. It says, laying aside. There's another version that says, putting away. Alright? Whose version says that? Put away. Does your version say that? Is anybody's version that says that? One version says, put away all malice. All deceit, all hypocrisy. Alright? Every walk of the flesh is an evidence of childishness. Whenever you see these things, alright, ex- exhibit themselves in your life, it, it's spiritual childishness. Alright? Putting away or laying aside all malice. Okay. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Putting away all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. These things are evidence of what? Spiritual what? Childishness. These things are evident. They evident 
the evidence spiritual childishness but there was something that the spirit of god ministered to my heart and he said that you will never get to the place where you stop putting away you would always be putting away because there are certain times where um you, you cannot control thoughts in your head you cannot control temptations right but he says put away the putting away will be a constant work in your life you will continue to put away today you will put away tomorrow you will put away do you understand that so malice deceit hypocrisy envy evil speaking these things they evidence spiritual childishness childish things they are works of the flesh so the key word here for me is put it away it's put it away but one will ask me pastor phil are you saying that i should put away as to say it is by my will that i put away uh, not really by your will not really by your will but it's by your growth that you put away you don't put away by will you put away by growth do you understand that you don't put away by will power you put away by growth and that's why we're teaching you tonight first corinthians 13 verse 11 let me show you the the, the exact sequence of what this thing should be like see what paul says this is when i was a child i what read with me i what spoke as a child i understood as a child i thought as a child but when i became a man I put away childish things. So, which one comes first? Becoming a man and putting away. Is it because you put away you are a man? You are a man. And that's why you are able to what? To put away. So, maturity is the reason why you can put away. Do you understand that? So, he says, when I was... A, do you remember when I did a teaching on systems under government? Where I taught about... Um, um, how these things are your systems, you know, the childish things, you know, the childish way of thinking. They are your understanding of life, the truth that you stand under. Do you remember that message? You remember, Pastor Osas? Some of you don't listen to messages anymore. I mean, sometimes you just want to dig those old messages and hear them. They'll, they'll bless you. Amen. So he says, When I became a man, I put away childish things. So it's not by self effort. It's not. It's not self-effort that confers on you maturity. There are a lot of people who have done that and they've stumbled back into the very things. Am I not saying the truth? That's the truth. So let's keep reading. You put away by walking in the spirit. Hmm. Walking in the spirit is spiritual growth. That's what it is. Alright? Now... Growth has nothing to do with, like I said earlier, your age, your title, or your gifts. Do you remember the Corinthian church where Paul says that you guys come behind in no gift? It means that when it comes to every gift, you are out there. When it comes to prophecy, you can prophesy. When it comes to, um, what's it called? Um, um, word of knowledge, you are there. Word of wisdom, you are there. Have you seen anointed men of God? But if you stay with them long enough, you will know that they are probably babies. I'm telling you the truth. So, the gifts of the Spirit don't confirm maturity. 
Now he says you come behind in no gift to the Corinthian church But he says to them But I could not speak to you concerning things Because there are such things found in your midst in Corinthians 3, that, that you are fighting with each other, you are, you are, there is malice amongst you, there is envy amongst you. Some of you are comparing me and Apollos. You see? So I can't, I can't teach you mature things because you can't even handle them. But these are people who are raising the dead. That's why I told you, you see, whilst you are in the place of the move of the power, the move of the spirit, make sure you are grounded. Are you getting what I'm saying? So tell your neighbor, make sure you are grounded. Alright, now Verse 2 of that same First Peter Chapter 2 First Peter chapter 2 Now it says As newborn babes This is how to grow now, right? Okay, let's have a sequence Go back to verse 1 So that you follow the sequence Therefore laying aside all malice All deceit, hypocrisy, envy And all evil speaking This is a continuation Alright as newborn babes desire what? The pure milk of the word. That you may what? Grow thereby. Look at your neighbor. Say, the word is what makes you grow. Desire what to grow. Stay with me. Desire what to grow. Alright. Desire what? The pure. I like the word pure. It means that milk can be adulterated, right? But that's not our focus tonight. Our focus tonight is on the pure one. Amen. So it says, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. It means if you take something that is not pure, will you grow? Alright. So are we saying that some people can successfully take milk, but that milk is not necessarily the pure milk? It's possible. You can take milk, but it doesn't mean it's the pure milk. So it says, desire the pure milk of the word, that you may what? Grow thereby. Now, what is this word? This milk of the word. What is this word? The Bible is the book of the word. Alright? The Bible is the book about the word of God. Right? When you hold the Bible, it's the book about the word of God. Now, Peter said something in Second Peter 3 verse 16. Now he says, there are certain things that Paul has said that people struggle with. If you have it, let's see. It says, as also in all his epistles, this is Peter talking about Paul. Are you following me? Alright. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist their own destruction. Now, this is the Bible. Does it mean that you can use the Bible for your own destruction? That's what the Bible is saying. That people who are not, who are not stable, or people who are unskilled, or children, so to speak, they use the Bible, or they use the Word of God, and twist it to their own destruction. As they do also the rest of the Scriptures. I'm waiting for someone to catch this. As they do the rest of the scriptures. Did you get that? I'm waiting for somebody to catch it. There are some things Paul talked about. And then there is, according to Peter's categorization, there is the rest of the scriptures. So what are the things that Peter is saying, Paul was saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? 
Alright, so it's important to know that even though the Bible is about the Word of God, and secondly, even though every statement in the Bible is truly stated, but it doesn't mean it's a statement of truth. Do you understand that? Let me give you an example. Job. So from hindsight, we can see that what Job said is not true, even though it's written in the Bible. What did Job say? He says, he said, God give it, God take it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So from hindsight, you can know that that's not true. God does not take. God is not a taker. God doesn't kill. I mean, the story is clear. Satan came to God and said, is it not because um, there's a hedge around him? So, if you take the hedge around him, is he going to survive? God said, alright, no problem, I'll take the hedge around and do what you want to do. So when Satan came attacking Job, took everything Job had, who did the taking? Satan or God? It's Satan. But Job said, God give it. God take it. So is that a statement of truth? No. But is it truly stated? Yes. So when you are reading the Bible, you must know what is truly stated and what is a statement of truth. The Bible says rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. Praise the Lord. So it's important to know that Paul here said some things and then Peter also said the rest of the scriptures. So you must know that there are categorizations of the scripture and what the Bible is actually all about. The Bible is about the word of God. The word of God now is about the word of Christ. I'm telling you the word that makes you grow. That's what I'm showing you now. The kind of word that makes you grow. Are you following this? Alright. So what is this right perspective? Second Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 6. Let's start it. Because if you are reading the Bible and you are not seeing scriptures from the right perspective, your growth may be stunted. That's the truth. If you don't see scriptures properly, your growth might be stunted. So, verse 6 says, Who also made us sufficient as ministers of what the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Verse 7. But if the ministry of death, what does, what does it mean when we say ministry? If I say I want to minister something to Uzoma, what does it mean? To serve. So, if I... If I minister something to you, it means I serve you something. So, uh, when Simon gives me a cup of water, he ministered to me a cup of water. Do you understand that? So, the Bible here says that if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious. Let me ask you a simple question. What was written on stones? Answer me confidently. The Ten Commandments. So, here now, the scripture says that the Ten Commandments is a ministry of what? Of death. Are there places where you go and Ten Commandments is preached? Ten Commandments in any form. Do good, get good. Do bad, get beat. Are there places where that is preached? No, let's be honest with ourselves. Yes. Right? But he calls it here the ministry of death. So, when the pastor is preaching that to you, what he's serving you dead. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a minister of death. 
I'm not the one who says so, but I mean, it's, it's the scripture that said so. But see what it says. It says, engraved on stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance. What does it mean? It means that when Moses saw the glory of God, after a while, he realized that the glory on his face started to fade. So he covered his face so people wouldn't know that the glory was a fading glory. If you read the living Bible, it's clear. It's clearer to you. So he put a veil on his face so that you know that regard you have for him will still be there tomorrow. As it was yesterday. Because the glory on his face was bright yesterday. But when he woke up in the morning, he saw that the face was a little bit dim. So he now put a veil on his face. So that people will not see that it's a fading glory. Look, from the beginning, the Ten Commandments was a fading glory. Is that not the reason why before um, Moses took the Ten Commandments, after God wrote by himself the Ten Commandments, by the time Moses was going to serve the children of Israel the, the Ten Commandments, what does the Bible say happened? That the Ten Commandments fell down and broke. And then God instructed Moses again that now you will hewn, alright, you will take a piece of rock, cut it, and then I will write. So me and you will do this. But see my point. My point is, the Ten Commandments was broken before it was given. <laughs> Did you understand that? So it, it tells you what kind of glory it will carry. It's a fading glory. It means that even practically nobody can keep it. That's why the Bible says that it was not the plan. Alright, that the bulls or the blood of bulls, goats, and all those things will take away sins. But the blood of Christ. Alright, do you understand this? So he says, but if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. Do you see that? Next verse. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? That's where we belong to. So here now, you can see that Paul is distinguishing the type of word inside the same scripture. It's the same Bible, but he's telling you that inside the same Bible, there is what we call ministry of death. So I can pick the Bible and minister to myself death. But I can also pick the Bible and minister to myself life. But you have to know 2 Timothy 2.15 starting to show yourself approved a workman who needs not to be ashamed rightly dividing the world so you have to know how to rightly divide if not you will minister death to your soul sir do you understand that so he says for if the ministry of condemnation had glory the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory wow let's keep reading because we don't have time let's keep reading next verse Verse 10, darling. Or it says, For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect. Alright? By reason of the glory that excelleth. It means if you if you if you bring the ministry of death, the same Bible where, where I'm not talking about Quran. I'm saying the same Bible. That do you know that when Paul 
and John and Peter were writing the epistles, the epistles were not written. So what were they reading? They were reading the law. But Paul is telling you that in the reading of the law, there is what we are looking for. Are you getting my point? Because in the days of Paul, there was no Corinth, there was no book of Corinthians. It is we that have the Bible in holistic form. So in the days of John, there was no first John, second John, third John. In the days of Peter, there was no first Peter, second Peter, or Ephesians. But it's we that have the whole package. So what were they reading? They were reading the Torah, that's the law. They were reading the Psalms, they were reading the prophets. That's all they had. That scroll, that script, that's what they were reading. So Paul is saying that in the reading of that thing, there are two ministrations there. And there is what you read that, it is, it is, it's not what you read, it's how you read it. That's what Paul is saying. That I will read this Torah and the way I will read it, I will minister to myself life. Okay, so see what he says. He says, for if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Keep going. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. That's my scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's keep reading. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. You know, I told you before. Now you see that, right? But their minds were blinded, for until this day, the same veil... Now, here it is. This is the catch. This is the catch. Verse 14. But their minds were blinded, for until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. Are you seeing this? The same veil is there in the reading of the Old Testament. There is nothing wrong with the Old Testament. But it is the veil that is the problem. Because I can even read the New Testament with a veil on and I will minister death to myself. Because it's not where you read. It's, it's how you read. Do you understand that? Alright. It says, But their minds were blinded, for until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in whom? In Christ. So he's now pointing you the focus of the word. The Bible is about the word of God. The word of God now is about the word of Christ. Are you following this? This is spiritual growth or spiritual maturity that I'm showing you now. Keep reading. But even to this day, when Moses is read, that is the veil, I mean the law, a veil lies on their heart. So he's telling you the problem is the veil, not even the reading of, of the law. Keep going. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. See, he's saying that when you focus on Christ... You remove the veil. Do you know what a veil is? A veil is something that covers you so you don't see what he's really saying. You, you, you don't see the real picture of the scripture because of the veil. Alright? Now, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. There is liberty for us today. There's liberty for us today in Christ Jesus. You know, can I announce to you that, you know, those weaknesses, those things that are found in your life that you, 
you, you know these things ought not to be. You have liberty in Christ. And the sure way of reading off those things is the word of Christ. Is the word of grace. The word of grace. Praise the Lord. What is this word? The definition of this word that Peter describes we ought to desire so that we grow as newborn babes. What is this word? This word is the revelation of Christ. John chapter 5 verse 39. John chapter 5 verse 39. John chapter 5 verse 39. Look, this is the reason why you are in this church. Because um, you have come to understand what the word of God is really saying. That's why you are here. John chapter 5 verse 39. You search the scriptures. Let's read it together. One to go. You search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. See, see what John is saying. That you want life. So you feel that when you open the scriptures, you get life. But John is saying it's not so. It is whom the scripture is pointing to that gives life. Not the scriptures. Can I say that again? It is the person the scripture is talking about that gives life, not the scriptures. John is saying that you are reading the Bible. Let me bring it in, in our daily terms. You are reading the Bible because you want life. But John says, no, it's not in the reading of the Bible. But it's the fact that the Bible can show you me. Then you have life. So once you can see Christ in the Bible, that's when you get life. So who do you look for in the scriptures? It's Christ. You know, there is a lot going on in the body of Christ today. And there is a lot of things that appeal to the flesh and to the reasoning and to the thinking. There is a lot of intellectualism in church. But you see, intellectualism is not what makes you grow. No. No. You know, when, when I go to Lagos, many pastors in America, in the Western world, in Lagos, you know, in the urban place generally, there is a sense of intellectualism to, to their delivery of the Word of God. But Paul is saying that even if I don't come with that, and I come with the ordinary message of the crucified Christ and His power, is enough for you that I don't want to entice you with the wisdom of man's speech. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the, the intellectualism is not what stirs you to grow. I hope that you get motivated in church. I hope that you get inspired in church. But here is not the motivation center. If Jesus is not the center of what we preach, then growth is not the growth that is recommended by God is not guaranteed to you. And, and is the reason why you are here. Of course, it would be foolish for me to compare myself with others. That's not the point of what I'm trying to say. But the truth is, in the body of Christ, there's the adulteration of mixtures. So you must know that there is certain things you hear that makes you grow. And that's the real thing. Someone describes it this way. That you're just like a goat on a rocky mountain looking for grass in between the rocks 
Because what is served is not green. You have to find the greens yourself. And it takes a skilled person to find the greens from the bunch of mixture that is given to the body of Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you must know what makes you grow. Look, I admit our difference. Alright? We're not... <laughs> I don't want to call names. We're not that place that, that we might be philanthropic in our expressions, but we're different. Because Christ is the center of our message. So why we do good works, they do good works. Why we, why we say wise things, they say wise things also. I still realize that we're different. And we're different because of the word of grace. And even in the church circle, recognize your difference too. Because if you don't stamp your hearts on these things, you will continue to be a baby without knowing. Do you think a baby knows it's a baby? (laughs) So, he says that you search the scriptures for in the scriptures you think you have eternal life no and these are they which testify of me see verse 40 but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life look the life that makes you grow is found in Christ and if the scriptures you read don't point you to Christ there is no growth for you Romans chapter 3 verse 19 Let me show you some things Get ready to open the scriptures But I'm almost done though Romans chapter 3 verse 19 It says Now we know that Whatever the law says It says to those who are under the law The law speaks to Which category of people? Those who are under the law That's whom the law is talking to Alright It says to those who are under the law That every mouth may be stopped And all the world may become guilty before God Verse 20 Therefore by the deeds of the law No flesh will be justified in his sight He's saying even if you keep the ten commandments You are still not justified There is nothing else I was talking to a lady yesterday And I said to her that look It wasn't the intention of God for you to keep the law and make heaven. She said, wow. And I said, you make heaven by faith. She said, no, 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 no. I said, I know what you're used to. I know what you hear. I said, you don't make heaven by doing what is right. She said, no, 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 no. She looked at me, shot me. I said, that's why. You know? I said, no, 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 no. But it's in the scriptures When I started to show her the scriptures She was dumbfounded She said it is here I'm telling you She said it is here Say, wow Say, no wonder That is why sometimes when I wake up I don't want to go to church Because I feel I did not, you know I said now your eyes are opened That we don't do these things by law We do them by love The love of God that compels us The law is no longer you know, it, it, the, the New Testament, the emphasis of the New Testament is not the law on stones anymore, but the law in the hearts of people. It says, I will write them in your hearts. Alright. 
It says, therefore by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Romans chapter 6 verse 14. Romans chapter 6 verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not what? Under the law, but what? Under grace. What does it mean that for sin not to have dominion over you is because you are under grace? So when people say that when we teach grace, we encourage people to sin, it's because they don't understand what grace is. If I gave you one billion naira, you would do anything for me. You may even kill your best friend for me. If I gave you one billion naira, you know one billion naira, that's after you've passed 900 million. <laughs> I guess what I, and you are still counting. After you've passed 900 million. No, that, that 99, hold, just hold up on that 99. You may kill your best friend for somebody. If I give you that money, you almost do anything for me. Now, God gave you a free gift. It's the reason why we live for Him. So, when you are misbehaving, alright, when you are misbehaving, you have not been taught by grace. Not even by your preacher. Not even by your pastor. Grace has not taught you. Titus 2.11 For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching them to what? Deny ungodliness. Look, in your life, lying hmm, should, it should go, if, if you used to lie perpetually, it should go like this. Like this. By virtue of the embracing of the word of grace. If you used to fornicate, it should go like this. You know, I'm not talking to people who, who, there's a difference between rebellion and weakness. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Rebellion is, is the type of person that after he steals, he's happy he did it. And he's calling his friend to say, man, this fast life they walk. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking to people who have weaknesses. But I need you to know why are you laughing there? <laughs> is somebody stealing there? <laughs> but but the point is, if you are in any form of weakness, the word of grace, if you embrace the word of grace and you begin to grow, it will fall off you. It will it will naturally fall off you if truly you are embracing the word of this grace. Lost will not be a problem for you again. You will see it like magic. It will happen. Not by willpower. You will become a master of putting away. Because you are older now. Do you understand it? Yeah. So, those two scriptures we read, Romans 3, 19-20, Romans 6, 14, they tell you for those that the law is meant for. It's meant for those who are under the law. But look at Acts chapter 20 verse 32. That scripture Pastor Ideal made reference to before he called me up. Let's read it together. Everybody want to go? So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace. This is, this is, now, this is the focus of the word of God now. I hope you are listening to me. This is the focus of what the word of God right now. I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to what? 
build you up. Somebody say build you up. Somebody say build you up. What makes you grow? No, answer me. What makes you grow? What makes me grow? So, it is not just scriptures. It is not just the word of God that makes you grow. What makes you grow? It is specific about what makes you grow. This is the pure milk, not adulterated milk. You see? Because it's easy for many people to, to cluster many things as the word of God. I'm going because the word of God is my ever-living source. You know, it's sweet to say, but, but what is the word of God? The word of God is the word of His grace. That's what builds you up. It's not word of God only. <laughs> Colossians 3.16 What does it say? Please show me Colossians 3.16 Colossians 3.16 It says let the word of Christ Dwell in you The word of God that makes you grow Is the word of Christ yeah. Now definition of word of grace Word of grace is what? Revelation of Christ That's the definition of the word of grace is what? The revelation of Christ. What did Pastor Phil say is the definition of the word of His grace? Revelation of Christ. Answer me everybody. The revelation of Christ. The revelation of Christ and what He has done on the cross. Alright? Who Christ is and who you are in Christ. That is what we call the word of His grace. That's what makes you grow. So anything that is not Christ amplified will stunt your growth. It will stunt your growth. Back to that scripture. Which is able to build you up and give you what? An inheritance among all those who are what? Sanctified. Look at Hebrews chapter 13 verse 9. Opened a lot of scriptures today and it's good for you. Somebody say it's good for me. Yeah, because I want you to go back home and meditate on the word. You should have a directed reading of the scriptures. Let's read verse 9 together. One to go. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. For it is good that the heart be established by grace. Not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. Is it clear? Okay, ask your neighbor. I say, I hope it's clear. Look, stop eating nonsense. Alright? Tell your neighbor, say, if you've been eating nonsense, it's time to regurgitate and vomit. It's time to. You know what many of you have done since you came into TSP? You've been unlearning things. You've been unlearning what you have known and what you've been taught before. But now this young man is teaching you the scriptures and he's pointing you to Christ. Paul said, Follow me as I follow Christ. So Pastor Phil is pointing you to Christ now. And there's no pressure. The pressure is not on me, it's on Christ. Yeah. Mm. I'm telling you, see Christ. That's what he, Pastor Jim, taught us. Is follow Christ. Follow Christ. The pressure is not on, on anybody. Praise God. So, can you help me tell your neighbor, please select your food well. Please select your food well. I, I, you have to uh, 
Maybe on Sunday I will do food poisoning. That's what I will title Sunday's message. Food poisoning. And I will show you in scriptures how eating the wrong food can cause poisoning. I'll show you on Sunday. <laughs> Leave this scripture already. Stay back in the other one. That time has passed. <laughs> Hebrews 13 verse 9 Alright It says Do not be carried about With various and strange doctrines For it is good That the heart be established by grace Say after me My heart will be established by grace Look If you are here And your heart is not established by grace yet You feel grace is a teaching Or grace is a subject Alright Your heart is not really yet established by grace Grace is not a subject Grace is a perspective. You know, I told you it's not about what you read, it's how you read. So if I, I can you can read Genesis and not read Genesis with grace eyes. You must learn how to read every scripture. And when you're how do I know that you are reading a passage of the Bible with the perspective of grace? Hmm? The Amalekites they fought battle with Israel. Oh, Israel killed them. Eh? Yeah. Oh, and David drew his sword out. Yaga, mighty man of valor. Kai, I want to be mighty. Look at your neighbor. Say it is time to be mighty. Uh-uh. No. What, what are you looking for when you read? <laughs> You know, the exegesis of the word is, is key that you understand the context of scripture. Alright? This is what makes you grow. So, when you read Exodus, how do you grow? By reading Exodus. By looking out for someone. Are you getting it? You read Exodus and then you begin to see how that God says, when I see the blood I'll pass over. All of a sudden, your mind takes you straight to what the cross has done as Christ being our Passover. That's growth. That's, that's reading with the Christ mind. Are you getting it? So that's how to study your Bible. Where you are deliberately looking out for Christ. Where you see Joseph or Joshua, for example, in Scripture. How Joshua takes the children of Israel from the wilderness to the Canaan land. And how Jesus is our new covenant Joshua. That's, that's perspective. Do you understand that? Alright, so May our hearts be established in grace You know what the law is? The law is like expired drugs It's like using 1914 curriculum to write YAC now That's what the law is It's like expired drugs In fact, do you know that expired drugs kill faster than the disease you're trying to treat? Scripture already told you that the law is a ministration of death. What does you want? That if you are picking the scripture and you are reading the scripture, you should know what is law. It's not by the suit you are wearing. Or it's not by how old you have been preaching. Or how long you have been preaching. No, it's not by how... Don't be deceived by regard and respect. When it comes to doctrine, you must select your food. But when it comes to honor, please honor men of God. Yes, Are you getting my point? Don't be foolish there. 
Don't be foolish there. There was somebody who <clears throat> let me let me leave that story. But someone, some you see, m- m- many people who think they have come to understand the word of grace, you know, and then you despise fathers who don't get it. See, your mentor who taught you this word of God that is a mixture. All right, he did not find the truth first, but if he found it, that's what he will teach you. You have found it first. Hold on to what you have, but you must honor them. The Bible says you honor them for their work's sake. So don't be fooled, though. Don't be fooled because you feel somebody does not have the word of grace, and then you now openly despise them or openly talk about them. They are the, you are the biggest fool that I know. I'm, I'm, I'm not even joking. Are you getting what I'm saying? So don't be fooled. You only pray that light floods their heart, that they come to the revelation of the knowledge of Christ. But you know, I hope you know there's a difference between ignorant preachers and huh? and what? And those who deceive. There's a difference. They are ignorant because they don't know. But there are those who want to twist the scripture and then turn those who are gullible for their own use. The Bible, the Bible calls, the Bible puts it this way that their belly is their God. God has delivered us from many prophets. You know, see, when, when I hear prophets, my antenna just immediately, I just, it just stands up. Because prophets have abused the body of Christ. But that does not mean that there are no genuine prophets. Because if there is counterfeit, it means there is original. Do you understand that? So, they are original prophets. So, I'm, I'm teaching you how to select your food. That's why you are in TSP. My dad, my dad pastored, pastored, <coughs> where he pastored before. He used to be the most renowned pastor in Nigeria back in the 80s, 70s, 80s. And there was, there was something he said. There are some things that I said before that my members have held on to. But I know those things are not correct. The only person who could have helped me is not alive. Archbishop Benson Idahosa. He was telling Mama Idahosa. Mama said, oh, Papa is gone. He said, those things that I said, those things that I said that my members have held on to, they are killing my ministry today. And I, I want to change them one by one before I go. That's what he said. So look, even fathers are coming to the realization of the word of his grace. Don't be left behind. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm so glad. I, I, I mean, many of you know that th- there's been a very close relationship between Bishop Michael Konko and my father. You know, and Bishop Mike would flog you in church if you maybe you had your hair in some way. You know, Bishop Mike can be very tough. He's a no-nonsense man. But guess what? Everything he did was based on what he knew. When the revelation of the word of God hit him, the word of grace hit him, right now he's the perpetrator of the move of the gospel of Jesus Christ amongst the fathers. So people hear him now 
because of his credibility so that, so that no one will say it's because they are young they are preaching this message so and that's why that's the reason why I'm telling all of you this so that you will you will make this message credible by your lifestyle do you understand so that's why I'm preaching what will make you matured if you are living in sin you discredit the message you discredit the message you don't you don't make us have a voice but people like my dad, you, you cannot hold them in any way. Since I was born, integrity is the watchword of my father. Integrity. Bishop Okonko, where do you want to hold him? He has never stolen anybody's money. He has never slept with another woman's wife. But the man is preaching the gospel. Why won't you believe what he's saying? God raised him in this country. Are you getting what I'm saying? So please don't be left behind. Because this gospel is sweeping the globe. Alright? Sweeping the globe. So you must know what is food. You must know what is poison. Let me wrap this thing up. Say my heart is established in grace. Isaiah chapter 29 verse 13. Let's read it together. One to go. Therefore, the Lord said, No, that's not everybody. Everybody wants to go. Therefore, the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but they are far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. See, Isaiah is describing a people whose hearts are far from God but their mouth is all about God but what is really inside is, is two-faced not a DBL <laughs> it's two-faced can I tell you what the law produces the law produces hypocrisy it locks sin into sophistication and into hiding you are a careful sinner you are, you are smart. It's, you are calculated. It's the law. The law puts you into hiding. That's what the law does. There was a pastor who, two of them, they were ministers of death. They were preachers of the law. One got a revelation of grace. They are both pastors of churches. One got a revelation of grace. The other did not. In fact, the other fought him. He said, that's the reason why your people, see all your choir members, see their hair. They are not covering their hair, trousers, everywhere. And they were despised, you know, for what they wore. As if Christianity is outside in. That's not what Christianity is all about. So, <laughs> when the pastor who got the revelation of grace was invited by his friend to his own church he got to his church everybody tied their hair if you see the sisters <laughs> the only thing you can see is here <laughs> but all of a sudden there was a word of knowledge that came and he said there are seven ladies here you are just coming from your boyfriend's house <laughs> there was nobody that had their hair exposed. No earring. There was no perfume. 
no deodorant. I'm just that's extreme. Don't mind me. I'm just. But but you know what I mean. When the pastor said it, if you see choir members, <laughs> dignesses, they were all coming together. So when they lined up, he now took the mic and gave his friend, say, "Take your church." To show him that you see, I will tie the hair well, and I will sing, and I will, I will do it carefully. I will have a form of godliness, intelligence form. <laughs> it's not in those things. The law hides sin into sophistication. That's what the Lord does. So He says, therefore, the Lord said, inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths. And honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me. Wow. And their fear toward me is taught by the commandments of men. The commandments of men is the law. It's the law. What sounds intelligent? What appeals to the flesh? That's the commandments of men. Read the next verse. Therefore, behold, I will again. Somebody say again. Say it loud. I will again do a marvelous work among this people. A marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish. And the understanding of their prudent men shall be heeded. Hallelujah. Wow. God said he would do a marvelous work. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18 Read it with me everybody Want to go For the message of the cross is what? Foolishness to those who are perishing But to us who are being saved It is the power of God What is the power of God? The message of the cross is the power of God The message of the cross is the power of God. Verse 19. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Have you seen this before? Where did you see it? Isaiah. This is the marvelous work he said he would do. So, what is the marvelous work? The work of the cross. You can see the comparison between the law and the cross. So what drives people into hiding and hypocrisy is the law. But the cross, you know, when people begin to break the law, those days the children of Israel, what they did was after they broke every law, they would tear their clothes. Oh, Father, sorry. Father, sorry. They come back tomorrow, they tear their clothes. Oh, Father, sorry. With tears. Gnashing of teeth, ashes on their face. In fact, before they leave the temple, they are already breaking the law. Waka, you, you know, greeting me. They come back again the next morning. Oh, Father, sorry. So God is saying, look, instead of tearing your clothes all the time, I want your heart to tear. Aye. The only thing that would tear your heart is the cross. Praise God. It is the cross. That's why Paul says, it is Christ and Him crucified. That's the word of His grace. That's what makes you grow. Not thou shalt, thou shalt not. You must be like this. Who has you must be like this helped? Last scripture. 
Colossians chapter 2 Let's start from verse 14 Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 Wow Having wiped out the handwritings Of requirements That was against us Which was contrary to us And he has taken it out of the way Having nailed it to the cross Alright Having disarmed principalities and powers He made a public spectacle of them You know God through Christ Disgraced Satan publicly Publicly So it is not a hidden thing that he fell It's not a hidden thing that he was defeated It's a public defeat It's a public defeat Triumphing over them in it Next verse So let no one judge you in food Or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. Look, you are not the one who died for anybody. Don't judge anybody. Say, so let nobody judge you. I'm not saying you should go and drink here. If you drink, your liver cells will be enlarged. You will meet your father faster. <laughs> your hepatocytes will swell. Hepatomegaly. <laughs> Praise God. So, I mean, <laughs> but it says, let no one judge you in food or in drink. Or regarding, <laughs> somebody was taking weed. He <laughs> says, it's the nature of God. <laughs> oh, Barabu, Shada. He <laughs> says, weed. He says, it's herbs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the herbs of the field were all created by God. Be there. <laughs> there are many people in Uselu today because of the herbs. <laughs> herbs. <laughs> As I do, what is it? The herb that did not help. <laughs> oh my goodness! Somebody say hallelujah. Many things will fall of you in the name of Jesus. Bazu brother, struggles, bitterness, hatred, envy, anger. Alright? It will fall of you in the name of Jesus Christ. You will outgrow these things. You will outgrow these things. The works of the flesh that war against the spirit. Hold on, brother. The works of the flesh, the things that war against the move of the Spirit in your life, it will fall off you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Some of you cycles have been broken tonight. Ungodly cycles, ungodly cycles, ungodly habits, ungodly habits. Those things that stunt your growth, they have been broken by the word of grace tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. And therefore we put a stop to these things yes. We put a stop I impress this word in your spirit yes. And you will grow by them I commend you to God and to the word of his grace Which is able to build you up And give you an inheritance Ask Peter The moment he, he was exposed to listen to my message He was gripped on his seat for hours Where he was in the far east And is he any good man of God? He shared his testimony all of a sudden, nicotine lost its taste in his mouth. Immediately. Immediately. As a man of God now. Yes. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, see, 
this thing we are saying is not it's not it's not a it's not fables, it's not it's not stories. Addictions have broken. Addictions have bowed to these things. You lose appetite for them. You lose appetite for them. You begin to grow in God. And you know you are growing. It's not a work of self-will. By virtue of your growth, you just know how to put away. But you must know what makes you grow. Let your heart be established in grace. Say after me, my heart is established in grace. So let's keep reading. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths which are a shadow of things to come. But the substance is of Christ. The substance is of Christ. Next verse. Let no one cheat you of your reward. Taking delight in false humility and worship of angels. Intruding into those things which he has not seen. It's talking about visions. I want, I want, let, let me see the King James Version. That's the, the original King James Version, if you have it. Alright, it still, okay, still uses, my version uses the word visions, or accept this in the next verse. It says, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshipping of angels, intruding into those things which he had not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Next verse. And not holding fast to the head. See, <laughs> he's saying, don't let people use wise talk false humility. You know what false humility is? Any attitude that does not express truth. That's what he's saying. I can be humble about what is in error. And you fall for my humility. And you fall for my piousness. And you take what I'm saying because of the form in which what I'm saying is coming by. I, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. It's, it, he, the Bible calls it false humility. The fact that he's very calm as he says it and he looks holy and he looks gentle doesn't mean what he's saying is right. So don't be carried away by those things. And he's saying, don't, there's a version that says don't be carried away by visions. You know all those people who say I went to heaven and I saw are you getting it? I saw this person in hell. I saw this person in heaven. Don't be carried away by those things. That's what he's saying. If you know how much... Ask Pastor TJ, he will tell you. How much that thing has led people to error. Do you know there was a time where... There was a circulation of... Those things in Benin. That somebody went to heaven and saw... Everybody who was not tying her tie. And who wore... Uh, uh, attachments... How they went to hell. Remember how those things circulated? It made some people we thought were grounded in the word of God fall. Pastor TJ, Pastor, I didn't know what I'm talking about. They fell. They, see, they fell and they fell well. Don't be carried away by those useless visions. So, but see what he says. And not holding fast to the head. Who is the head? From whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. 
So somebody can say he's mature in Christ, alright? Or he's mature, he's growing in the world. And he's growing under a ministry. But you see, that increase is not from God. Because there's a recommendation of the increase that is from God. Is the one that is holding fast to the head. Who is the head? Christ. That's why I'm telling you, select your food, sir. Yes, you hear what I'm saying? There is an increase that is from God. There is an increase that is not from God. It appears to be increase. Because we have the form of godliness, but it's denying the power thereof. So you must be careful. Are you getting what I'm saying? So don't fall for nonsense. There's, there's what we call the spirit of the new age now. There are some people who you know, of course you know, that have been deceived by the spirit of the new age. You get what I'm saying? Yes, okay. Next verse. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Next verse. Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle. Keep going. Which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. So if I preach the law to you, the law cannot stop you from doing what you want to do. Yes. It is when grace transforms you from the inside. Allow grace to work on your inside. Praise the Lord. So we'll keep on. I hope I've established that summary. What makes you grow? You know, we, when we talked about prayer, we narrowed prayer. To a kind of prayer. It's not fall down and die. We narrowed we, prayer is a general generic term, but we narrowed it down. So I now pick the word of God and I also narrowed it down for you. That there's a kind of prayer that makes you grow, and then there's a kind of word that doesn't poison you that makes you grow. What kind of word is it? The word of his grace. And you must know it. Let your heart be established in grace. So on Sunday I'll pick up from here and I'll talk about poisoning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj twitter.com slash standpointabj instagram.com slash standpointabj and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj